good evening everyone and welcome to another africa asia podcast uh it is very nice to be back uh it has been a few weeks uh since we last posted uh, a discussion but uh we come back uh today and i have a guest with me uh he's kobe abiko he introduced himself a bit more and tonight we'll be speaking about tech and africa and innovations uh quite interesting topic uh, for these times but uh, let me let Kobe introduce himself then we'll get started thank you so much Christine for the opportunity um, my name as you have heard Christine say is Kobe Abiko I'm the chief executive officer of Glow Group uh, which is based in South Africa Uganda Kenya and Namibia um, we are a general trading company and uh, we have got uh, subsidiaries, which one of them is, of course, telecommunication technology. So I'm glad to be here and uh, being, being invited to come and share my knowledge in the way of um, technology in Africa, which is today's topic, is, is a great honor for me. Um, yeah, that's much I can say about myself at this point. Okay, uh, thanks a lot, Kobia. And, and Kobia is our ongoing guest. It's always nice to have him. So I think uh, we have four main points that I would like for us to discuss tonight. Um, beginning with uh, how much tech in innovations are coming up uh, within Africa. And Kobia, you could start by speaking about uh, from your area uh, and the places that you've mentioned, different countries that uh, you have been to or to work, uh, you've seen like how much innovation and and tech is in use in those countries. So you could share your insights and also, you know, maybe compare like uh, between Uganda and Kenya, Kenya and South Africa, in your experience about the tech innovations in those countries. Well, um... Well, to be honest, uh, I have been in many parts of Africa, especially the southern and eastern part of Africa. Just last uh, month, I was uh, in Tanzania, and uh, I was in, a, in, a, in the city of Dar es Salaam. And uh, having come from South Africa, uh, you know, I, of course, and being a tech service somebody, the first thing you have to look for is, you know, how perhaps you, you use your mobile phone in terms of SIM card, how you, you can be able to uh, trade on, on, uh, on money platforms or fintechs which are there available. If at all, you can be able to transact uh, you know, through the phone and being able to pay through mediums like uh, mobile money and that sort of thing. At the same time, you are able also to look at um, you know, the transport sector if uh, the Uber, uh, the Lyft, you know, the, the, what we call e-ailing, um, the transport system, which is tech-driven, uh, how does it function in Tanzania as opposed to a place like South Africa? Uh, and other issues uh, surrounding maybe money, because as you are in a, in a foreign country, some of these things matter so much. Transportation, um, uh, the payment systems, and uh, how the banks go around, you know, and, and of course in Africa, you're you talking about also foreign currencies and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, 
I, I came to realize that there is a huge uh, difference between countries in Africa. And uh, Christine, you can bear with, with me that a uh, few countries are very much uh, far ahead of the others. For example, South Africa and Kenya uh, are leading uh, countries in terms of uh, innovation and technology uh, in the southern and eastern part of Africa, respectively. And one thing I, I, I realized with Tanzania just is how, uh, you know, the, the things like Uber, Uber, because I don't know if the cars are not so much available, maybe it's a little bit uh, a higher notch of a class. But if Uber, you can get Uber for a small bike, a motorcycle, you can get an Uber of a, a tuk tuk, which is a, they call it Bajaj, it's a three wheeled. Um, vehicle. This is Uber. You can summon Uber of that motorbike, a judge, and uh, even a car. Mm -hmm. uh, well, in a place like South Africa, in actual fact, uh, you could, the Uber you get, it should be a sedan. In other words, it cannot be hatchback. It must be a sedan. It must be, it must be a latest kind of a car, not more than uh, five years old. So we each must have a typical boot, you know, the way you know a car, which is a, a saloon. Mm -hmm. uh, and that selectiveness, selectiveness in terms of uh, this, in South Africa, we can, Uber can only be a car. And that car must not be more than five years old. Mm -hmm. Cannot be, um, you know, taken into Tanzania because most probably most cars are more than five years old. So if you introduce Uber with the mindset of South Africa in Tanzania, you may not be able to uh, run that business as a going concern. And at the same time, if you look at a country like Kenya, you get that uh, Uber can be hatchback, can be a car. Uh, Christine maybe can fill me in there, but most of the Uber in Nairobi have taken just cars, cars, but they don't say it's a sedan. It's going to be any kind of car, just good looking car, and the fine car, they don't look at the age and so on. So obviously, mm -hmm. those small um, differences in terms of uh, how technology is used in specific to a particular location in Africa tells a lot mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, when you put out, um, uh, you know, a, a tech platform, how it must respond to the condition on the ground in that specific country in Africa. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, if you look at the... Um, Technology in countries like Rwanda, which has come up so tremendously in recent times, uh, to challenge even it's almost challenging maybe the, the, the levels of countries like Kenya, or which it will if it continues on that on that path, is that in Rwanda the penetration of internet and the usage of uh, uh, you know internet is more than that of Kenya, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the percentage, I think uh, it's sitting in the region of about 40 to 45 percent internet penetration. Whereas in a country like Kenya, I would suggest that those people can sit down and use internet out of the total population, it could be sitting about 28. So there is that uh, difference in South Africa, uh, because you asked me to talk about uh, the technology which is coming up, which was the point the innovations coming up in, in, in a particular area. Mm -hmm. In a country like South Africa, which um, 
is quite uh, you know you know forward in terms of technology. I wouldn't put it next to you know I wouldn't say it's as much advanced like United States of America, you know where I've been and I know the technology which is taking place over there. Um, but in South Africa, what has been happening is they have really taken in uh, the technology which has been created in uh, Silicon Valley in, in America. Uh, for example, in America, they have Amazon, which is these huge supermarkets selling every, everything. And, uh, you know, it's, it's there. You, you don't even need to go to the supermarket. You have got your mobile phone, everybody. Even if you're foreign, if you want to open a bank account, nobody restricts you to open a bank account. You just walk in a bank and say, well, this is my address. I'm staying there. You have been evidence. You can get a bank account. Mm-hmm. And from that position, then you can be able to, you know, uh, transact in terms of using technology because you have a bank account, which means then you, you are able, if you want to do business or you can put some money in there, transfer money here and there or pay, uh, in the local uh, store, then that's fine. South Africa has brought um, the replica of Amazon. We call it take a lot, mm-hmm. take a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a supermarket. I've been using it, but to buy, purchase things uh, now and again. However, it is not as uh, streamlined as you say Amazon, because I've also used Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 really you, you really have to uh, you know you, you want to buy something and you don't have a credit card because people, most people don't have credit card in South Africa they do have but majority don't have the debit card the credit card they give you an option of you know giving you a bank account which then you have to work with the bank and deposit money physically if you don't have a bank and and that by itself is slowing down the technology. However, mm-hmm. uh, that does not stop South Africa from uh, continuing to innovate. In a recently concluded uh, uh, three-day South Africa Innovation Summit, which uh, actually began in, in Cape Town, uh, just recently, uh, last week, they, uh, there was a company which uh, has got a very interesting, uh, uh, you know, perspective in terms of how it goes about in uh, bringing all these technologies to bear. Uh, the company is known as Convergency. And um, uh, the, the founder, the CEO, uh, Mr. Stefan, has continuously created uh, uh, digital business uh, startups. Mm-hmm. And uh, out a dozen of them every year, and then maybe 10 or so find the, the, themselves into the market, either by partnering up with a bank or another uh, major uh, financial institution or any other institution for that matter. It does not have to, it can be a telco. It could be any other um, you know, partner who brings in some money so that the startup can uh, nurture, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, they they came up with a concept where they looked at it and said, you know what, um, there is a lot of uh, different industries, you know, which are converging at the moment. And because no one is going to reinvent the wheel, there's nothing which is within the human domain which has not already been, uh, you know, discovered. All we have to do is monetize it or commercialize it for that matter. And they found out that very soon, 
they'll be looking at the situation where um, you know banks are involved in uh, e-commerce. You get if you want to buy insurance, just maybe short-term travel insurance or you know some service insurance or maybe a funeral plan or maybe a study plan for your kid or something like that. The, 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 you find that you can buy it in a retailer somewhere, just around the corner, like the way you buy a SIM card and that sort of thing. So they are building uh, platforms which will help uh, everybody who wants to be a bit of everything. The bank wants to be in, into e-commerce or e-commerce wants to be fintech. Everybody's coming up with, with the knowledge of how they would want to commercialize their idea. So. They are building platforms like those ones, and this is uh, very exciting because this is what they call future technology. And um, they are employing just uh, industrial engineers, software engineers, those who, it's a Silicon Valley of its sort, but it's a company by itself, which, you know, imagine building maybe a couple of dozens of digital platforms in a year, maybe let's say 36, which is three dozens and 10 of them find themselves in the market. That's, that's a huge, huge amount of success. So, yeah. So these incubator uh, programs, which they have at the Convergency and uh, trying to partner up with businesses, is what uh, you'll say are the new technologies which are coming after COVID. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, COVID has taught people, or well, everybody has learned a lesson who really listened to the moment when there was all this lockdown. Everybody has learned a little lesson. And if anybody has a mind to be an entrepreneur, we are all entrepreneurs anyway, unless we doubt that uh, spirit in ourselves. So there is a lot of uh, exciting prospects in terms of innovation and technology which are coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, South Africa is leading the way. There are big companies, huge multinational, multinationals, you as well know that the South Africa, the way business is run is in such a way that it is like the farmers, we have this game, which has got more than 500 or 600 branches all over the country. Mm -hmm. This just the outlet for, you know, pharmacy, which you cannot really find in other countries in Africa where you have just one, this huge, you know, but you know you understand multi faceted company, mm -hmm. uh, which is being, if you have something to sell in terms of the uh, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals, then you go to them, you sign up with them, and then you are able to sell. This came, clicks, these are huge, mm. huge companies in the model of uh, pure capitalism as with America anyway. So these companies, they have so much money that they can be able to uh, fund incubator uh, innovation through programs. Mm. Either they can incubate them within their own domain under them, or they can partner up and be able to work in relationship with the, with the people who are, you know, doing the innovations with apps and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So obviously, there are so many, so many um, futuristic things which are being done, and especially you know very well about the metaverse, which has been introduced, you know, like the virtual reality, which um, Facebook is funding and put a lot of money into it. You know, it says it's the next big thing in tech. So there is all those kind of future technology which are going to change our world. You know, so many things are coming up and uh, even the cell phone is going to be, um, it's, it's, 
it's going to be redundant. We will not need to carry the, the, the gadget, the piece itself. We may need just to have maybe wear glasses or have a chip in ourselves. This is coming, but that's futuristic. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, at the moment uh, in South Africa, I'm say there's been a lot of uh, innovation in healthcare and uh, anything which is targeting fintech, financial technology. It's been advancing very well. Um, we're looking at agriculture as well, uh, where, you know, in the agriculture from, there's an app which came up that you can buy a cow, mm -hmm. university buying a cow. Mm -hmm. It is a very success, it's very successful, you know, take in South Africa mm -hmm. because cattle is, is, is a way of holding uh, wealth within the communities, the Nguni community, Zulu, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, where the tribes here. Ketro, Ketro becomes a very prominent way of holding your wealth. Mm -hmm. Therefore, someone came with a, you know, an app which says you don't need to have uh, 20,000 rand to own one full cow. You can you know, deposit even 300 rands or 500 rands and buy the percentage of a cow. So he went out to the farmers and talked to the farmers and the farmers accepted. So he himself buys cows mm -hmm. and then uh, says, there are these cows, their worth is this. Mm -hmm. And then you can buy shares within that worth, you know, as a percentage. So many things are coming up, and I think we are looking at a very exciting uh, mm. prospect when, uh, you know, especially now in post COVID. I think we are going to look at a very exciting moment. Yeah, that, I, I feel like I should hear a bit more about the cows. So the farmer keeps the cows in their farm, but then someone owns part of them. So I assume they help fund the farm, the ranch, uh, by investing? Well, to be honest, uh, all I know is that the gentleman moves, they have, uh, in a way, organizes to uh, organize his land where he buys cows, cows and cows, they are a small calf, mm -hmm. and of course a very good breed. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is assumed that uh, at that point, at point at that point the the cow is worth a, maybe ten thousand mm. but when it goes to be slaughtered it will be value maybe thirty thousand okay. right okay. so you buy into that and then once you buy uh the, the money which you put in is going to be used to be used to feed that cow mm. until it reaches maybe one year and a half then it's soon to, to make that profit in one or the other, I guess what we are talking about, Christine, is that is one of the um, offshoots of what can happen. Maybe, as we are saying, he convinces the farmer and the farmer keeps the cows and that sort of thing. It's maybe another way of doing it. Mm, okay. Uh, that's... Yeah. Any, any place you open, it gives you a lot of other windows which are there for you to pursue. Mm. But that's very interesting. And I think uh, as you are speaking, I was thinking that the situation of tech in African countries is so different because um, I have a, a bit of understanding of South Africa, having lived there, but that was before the COVID situation. So I'm sure possibly things have uh, really moved uh, compared to like Kenya. You know, like what you're noting, like in the pharmaceutical, in Kenya, there's no big one pharmaceutical company that you can say, this is the one that's like, uh, meet, this is where everyone goes to buy medicine. So there are very small pharmacies everywhere uh, owned by different people. So now uh, what happens is that uh, there's a lot of uh, innovations 
which I think uh, the issue is that they could be similar, uh, but because the entities are held by different people, every person is trying to come up with an innovation of their own. Uh, so because I've seen that on the pharmaceutical side, uh, there's, there's an app where different apps where you can get a diagnosis, where you can order medicine and it's delivered to you. Um, so that sort of thing. But you'll find that it's maybe different pharmaceuticals that um, are doing it. Uh, but then also uh, the Kenyan scenario, because of how almost everyone can owns a business, there's no huge monopolies that control any part of the economy other than maybe the telecoms. Um, so that if it's like in the agricultural sector, it's not commercial farming, most of it is subsistence. So you could find maybe this group of farmers in the coffee industry are uh, doing this sort of thing and the tea industry, that sort of thing. So I think uh, the scenario of Kenya is quite divided. And even on the like um, transport, uh, the example that you're giving of Uber. So actually Uber operates uh, differently. I've seen in the two cities in Kenya, Mombasa and Nairobi. Uh, you'll find that in Nairobi, uh, the options, the range of options for Uber are different like from Mombasa. So in Nairobi, there's the small Ubers that are called Chap Chap. It's the small ones, which um, which are very tiny. I think uh, the CC is very, it's is, is quite a bit low, but then the cost is very low either. And then there's now like uh, the average cars. And then in Mombasa, on the other hand, there's the tuk-tuks, like the ones you're speaking about in Tanzania, and also the border border. That's the motorbikes. Uh, so, and you see, there's it's within the same country, but there's differentiation uh, based on the market. It makes much more sense because of like the tourist sector in the in in Mombasa. Find that people want to try out different transport, the tuk-tuks and all that. But then also, there happen to be much many many more tuk-tuks in Nairobi in, in Mombasa than in Nairobi. Uh, so, so that sort of thing, it's it's quite interesting for different countries uh, and uh, the differentiation in how. Uh, innovations are happening but then also I think uh, the people who are innovating they think to to see even like from the Uber example is how they are able to differentiate different customers to reach them the best way um, and even things like um, uh, e-commerce shopping so you can I know there's some African countries like in Ghana uh, we had a talk the other day with someone from there who was saying that you can't get shipping delivered to you from Amazon. So if you ordered something from Amazon, it can be delivered to you in Ghana. Uh, but in Kenya, you can order from Amazon and it's delivered. Of course, it's not all things, but you can get them. But then there's also platforms like Jumia in Kenya, as, as which is the same uh, in Nigeria, which is quite different from Take A Lot uh, in South Africa. So it someone coming to Africa uh, trying to understand I think the tech space different African countries you actually be quite shocked on how different they are uh, or even something like mobile payment uh, so in Kenya there's M-Pesa which is like the main main means of payment in Kenya in fact most almost all government uh, services are being paid through M-Pesa you don't pay them for ca through cash anymore so even if I needed to get to renew my driving license, I can only uh, use uh, some form of virtual payment, whether it's mobile money or my card. But then mobile money is so convenient because uh, the banks have integrated the system so that I can get money from my bank to my mobile phone. And the shopkeeper at the kiosk outside my house accepts uh, M-Pesa. 
uh, payment. So you find that you literally can be without cash and transact like through your phone and you don't even need internet, which is a bit different. Uh, Kobe, maybe you can tell me if in South Africa the mobile money payment has come up. But uh, last I was there, it's, it's unlike Kenya in terms of like the mobile money payments. Uh, so uh, you can comment on that, um, uh, especially on like the mobile money payment. And then uh, also maybe share some thoughts on what, what, what you think uh, the room that remains for innovation within African countries that you visited. Uh, like what, what do you think, like when you look, when you're in Tanzania, and looked at Tanzania, some things you thought maybe uh, this is there's room for improvement here, uh, and especially also control uh, commenting on post COVID. Uh, any things that you've looked, you've seen that maybe have remained the same uh, for some uh, countries which you've been in, and uh, you possibly think you know there's there's need to improve on this and this in this some of these countries. Uh, so you could comment on that, and then. Uh, we will uh, wrap it up, uh, the discussion for tonight. Well, yeah, um, just uh, to comment on what you've said, um, and when you, when you asked about the mobile money transfer in South Africa, as compared to Mpesa, um, one thing I noticed is that when I was in Tanzania, um, I attempted to pay for my, you know, my my accommodation using the, the mobile money transfer Mpesa. And um, the hotel said, well, yes, the, they can receive the money. But then again, when I transferred the money uh, into the the, the, the the number they gave me, I needed to add some more money because if they have to withdraw that money, they pay a fee. Huh. That does not happen with Mpesa in Kenya because Mpesa in Kenya, once you go the till number, they say the amount, the amount is 100 shillings, you transfer 100 shillings, the person receives 100 shillings. And even if there's anything removed from there is insignificant, it should be 100, 100, which means it's a free transfer, which is occurs up to a certain amount of money, I guess. But in Tanzania, uh, I had people complaining, saying that the new um, administration has not made it easier for them to transact using the mobile money transfer, uh, which is a bottleneck because the government has put its fingers in there, making it very impossible, actually, or maybe hard, I should say, that if you transfer money, you are going the one, if you, you are the one who is initiating the process, you pay a fee. Even if the other person says 100, by the time the, the transaction is complete, you have paid 110 from you, who is the source of the transfer, and the person who is receiving will have to pay another 10 on top of receiving the 100. So it's not, it's, it's not a clear cut in such a way that, because the person you're paying will insist on wanting you to pay more and that's not it's not the convenience which was being sought by this innovation it is a, it's, it's a bottleneck which is not required at all now when you look at mobile money in south africa uh it is not as much um 
evolved as, as in, in M-Pesa in Kenya, uh, which means that in South Africa, the mobile money transfer is an innovation arm of uh, each specific bank. So if it's a mobile money transfer for FNB, they have their app and now you can be able to transact, send the money or receive the money, that sort of thing. But doing it across, if you, uh, with FNB, for example, and you want to pay somebody who is with Capitec, which is another bank, bank, it takes, it, it takes a, you need to maybe have an account or have an app of Capitec. There's a, there's a little bit of sluggishness, let me put it that way. It slows down that act, economic activity, that transaction, right? So, uh, yes, it's not like Mpesa because Mpesa in Kenya is so prevalent, is so everywhere that anything you can pay, border, border, you can buy anything with Mpesa. It, that's actually, you know, the most advanced payment, mobile payment system, which you can, I can say I've come across, Mpesa itself, Mpesa. Yeah, it's not here in South Africa because every uh, telco, every bank wants to sit on its own. It does not want to do that, uh, uh, you know, uh, cross, cross company trading. There is a, a little bit of bottlenecks here and there. So obviously the payment platforms of uh, mobile money transfer is not as advanced as in Kenya. And, uh, but the banks are advancing their own way in such a way that you know, they are, they are able to use mobile platform for their clients, which in a way is, I would say, it's a little bit left behind by Mpesa of Kenya. That's, that's a fact. Because Mpesa is uh, omnipresent everywhere, anywhere. In the, everybody will receive money in, uh, in, with Mpesa. If you say, can I Mpesa? You'll say, oh yeah, sure, this is my number. So in, in that specific um, um, in respect, it means that everyone can afford to have a, an account and they can you know, put their money there, they can transact using their money there to virtually everyone who is involved in a trade. You know, and, and anybody can have a bank account by having a PESA uh, number. So that's different, that's a, that's a little bit. South Africa has advanced in its own right in, in, in by FinTech and other things, but on the payment platform, which is friendly for everyone, still the banks are wanting, they're a little bit more corporate in their approach, being more collective. That I can say that much. Then you asked me to talk a little bit about uh, the rooms, which is there for innovation, huge in Africa, huge. Um, because one of the things is that um, most of the countries in Africa, um, we're looking at the percentage of even uh, smart smartphone penetration, it's still uh, not there so much. I would suppose maybe it's sitting on the 20s in terms of percentage. And uh, that is not does not augur well going forward. We need to increase the capacity of, uh, you know, of people being able to use mobile phone or, you know, this technology because those are the platforms and the gadgets which are required to do the transaction. Part of it is that Africa has got uh, issues uh, surrounding its uh, corruption. There's it's rampant, which slows down any in innovation. I would want to come in and say, I want to introduce this. It will help, uh, you know, revolutionize maybe the government services and so on. But then I have to grease the palms of a few people so that that does not really sit well 
uh, you know, because Africa now will be lagging behind. And then there is a, also Africa has got a poor infrastructure. Although, in a way, the coming of the mobile technology benefited Africa very much, but still is lagging, you know, it's lagging back in terms of internet coverage, mm. um, issues about connectivity is there. Mm. Uh, you could look at a place like America, for example, just a quick example. Mm. In the United States, you find that if you are there and you're using a mobile phone, the SIM card you have, you pay um, every month. No matter if you're a visitor or not, you just go and say, sign on, you sign on. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, fine, I'm going to use, how long are you going to be on holiday? I'm going there for a month. They sign you on for one month and you pay for that one month. Mm -hmm. Maybe 30 US dollars. You can do Wi-Fi, you can do YouTube, you can call anybody across America and some other places around, you see? So that infrastructure is still being developed for Africa. So that's why one of the challenges. Also, the other thing is government operates on outdated government policies. Mm. For example, I don't want to go there, but just a quick, uh, you can look at the, the debate surrounding marijuana. Maybe we'll have a debate mm. on this. Mm. But you can see that medicinal marijuana and hemp is picking up in the world but companies, I mean, sorry, countries in Africa are very slow. Mm -hmm. so they don't, it's as if they don't, they have the land and they can plant this and they can be able to make a lot of, uh, you know, uh, money out of it and do a lot of things for their people, but they are not willing to change the policies which have been sitting in their policy books for a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the challenges, including actually the education gap and literacy levels of Africa. Mm -hmm. That, you know, there's a lot of, uh, um, you know, urbanization, which is happening in Africa now, but at the same time, the urbanization is not happening with commensurate education, um, you know, for those people who are migrating to the cities. There's a huge amount of kids who are not going to school. So obviously, it will lag, make Africa lag behind mm. in terms of the technology which, mm. and innovation which is coming up. But one thing which is for sure is that there's a silver lining in terms of the as you say, econo economy getting more digitalized in Africa, mm. the COVID. Yes. There is a silver lining. As I said in the beginning, the company Convergency has, you know, revolutionized and is revolutionizing the, the way in which the innovation and the tech industries, you know, being, uh, you know, being uh, used to be transformed the, the e-commerce landscape of South Africa. Uh, the post-COVID has taught people that every if you want to sell your things, you go in the shop. For example, you have a shop where you're selling clothing or you're selling food. You need to uh, have a WhatsApp group, right, mm. for customers who are coming in to sign on. And uh, they can order food using that platform, right? You have a Facebook where you are advertising your clothing, which means you get the customers on the digital platform. This is where... Uh, most of the businesses are going to migrate, especially the spirit of entrepreneurship is mm -hmm. coming. And most of the people, you are working in an office, fine. But at the same time, you would want to open. It becomes very easy for you to open a business. You could be selling perfumes, for example. Mm -hmm. Maybe designer perfumes. And uh, you advertise them. That's designer perfumes. And uh, you go to your clientele and you know where to advertise them. It becomes easy with Facebook. You pay 
that little amount of, amount of money people call, they, they WhatsApp you, you know, they, they, they do what is the messenger you, and you are able to interact and sell a few products as your signed income, and you can later on, you know, evolve that kind of business into a major income uh, stream. So these are some of the things which are happening and it's very exciting because Africa is really going to go digital in a big way. And everybody has predicted that Africa is going to go places, especially the IMF and the World Bank. They have looked at Africa's growth performance and outlook and they have reimagined Africa in a way in which uh, Africa's digital acceleration will continue creating jobs and in a faster way post-COVID. Mm. So it's a chance for us to say that um, all indicators is a techno digital technologies will be at the forefront of uh, leapfrogging Africa's development in such a way that uh, you know it, the speed will be more faster than when before Corona. Mm. You know, before Corona, it, it, well, there was a speed in there. They were saying Africa is the fastest growing economy. And the mere fact that we, we, we are viewed as one market, that's one of the things which we ourselves don't realize, that the rest of the world sees us as a single market. We ourselves are busy talking about units like uh, Tanzania, units like Kenya, you know? But we should outlive those boundaries at this point and introduce a single market in Africa with one single currency. And that's the only way in which we can be able to increase the development of Africa in so many spheres of human um, interactions. Okay, okay. Uh, very good comments there. And as you're speaking, uh, I was thinking you cannot undervalue what having good infrastructure can do you uh, do for a, for a country to propel you forward. Literacy, levels of literacy are very, very important. And also purchasing power like each individual person to have the ability to purchase. Uh, like recently, I'm involved in a project uh, app uh, that's been built to link uh, car owners in Kenya to reliable and, and verified mechanics across the country. So just in case you're stuck on the road and uh, you are somewhere you don't know uh, anyone or a way to get a mechanic, you just go to the app and it shows you all the mechanics who are near you and you can access them. It's called Mekwangu, M-E-C-H, Wangu, uh, which is very brilliant, but the effort that has to be put in to even draw uh, these mechanics onto the platform because one of the levels of uh, literacy of the people who are involved in that, in that skill set and then also uh, to get people to use the also smartphones having smartphones is not uh, not everyone who has them you'll be surprised yes but there are people who still don't are not able to purchase smartphones and also like uh for people using being able to get mobile data it's also uh, quite a challenge so you cannot underestimate uh, uh the value of having those things and i think it's a reason why like the uk the us will get ahead and go further and further because until almost uh, the people are empowered it becomes uh, very hard and costly to have these tech innovations that are working in our country and i think uh, that's why i think south africa has focused more on the corporate side because you know corporates can pay corporates can afford uh, these things 
uh, while someone who is trying to pull in the consumers uh, into their platforms takes quite a bit of uh, cost and, and also effort uh, to make it work. Uh, but uh, I think we'll wind it up here. I hope anyone listening to this has learned something. Uh, and you can follow our discussions uh, on YouTube and also on different podcasts, uh, uh, podcasts platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, most podcast uh, platforms we are there. Uh, COVID has been very great to have you uh, today. Uh, we will definitely have another discussion um, uh, and follow up on some of the things that you've touched on. Uh, but for tonight, uh, it's goodbye from, from myself and from Kobia. Uh, we will have another discussion again in the future. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you.